0: Okay, so I was wrong. It happens sometimes. And in this case, I'm glad it did. It's the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on Sunday, November 11th, 2018. Thank you for spending part of your day here with us. And we're talking about a Stanford win over the Oregon State Beavers. I am indeed Troy Clarity. And we're gonna have fun as we always do, no matter the result. On the tree cast, we'll break down Saturday night's result—a 48-17 win for the Cardinal over the Oregon State Beavers—that puts them at six and four on the season, heading into a suddenly very intriguing big game coming up this week. But we'll, we'll get the further thoughts of Stanford quarterback KJ Costello, Stanford linebacker Bobby Okariki. And Stanford tight end Colby Parkinson. You'll hear the voices of those three young men as they help us break down uh, Stanford's win over Oregon State. Uh, Who who am I? If you're you're brand new to the TreeCast, number one, thank you. Thank you for jumping on. Better late than never. We only have a few more weeks of these, but certainly glad that that you've caught on to the show. Uh, Make it a habit. Uh, I'm in Detroit Clarity. 26 years of following Stanford and Pac-12 football. You can find me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last misspelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity there. And, of course, you can have your voice and thoughts heard on Twitter as well. Hashtag TreeCast. That's the best way to ensure that I will see your thoughts on Stanford football and on the show as a whole. Also a play-by-play announcer for the Pac-12 Network. Uh, handling soccer at this time of year. And in the spring, it turns to softball, baseball, lacrosse, and spring football, too. So, uh, But in the fall, I'm all about football and football as well, depending upon which hat I am wearing. Well, I, I was wearing my Stanford hat on Saturday night, final game at Stanford Stadium for the 2018 season. And if you remember the previous edition of the tree cast in which we were previewing Stanford versus Oregon state. You heard me point out the fact that Stanford was favored by, in some places, uh, 24 points, more than three scores. And that people were predicting that this was going to be a blowout win for the Cardinal. And you might remember that my reaction to that was what seriously, since, since when does Stanford do anything easy? <laughs> so I was I was fully prepared and strapping myself in uh, for another potential white knuckle ride through Stanford football on Saturday evening. I mean, after all, when is you know KJ Costello himself said it after the Washington game? This team generally does not dominate situations that win football games. They dominate situations that are hard. So I was fully prepared for somehow, some way, that trend to continue on Saturday night. And it, and it looked that way. It looked like it might continue that way after a blown coverage resulted in a touchdown for Oregon State. Uh, Trayvon Bradford for the Beavers, wide open, over the middle, no one within yards of them. 63-yard touchdown catch. Made it seven to piece with nine oh nine to go in the first quarter, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh boy, here we go, here we go." Well, here's what happened in the sequence that followed that touchdown to make it a seven-seven game. Uh, just uh, just less than six minutes into the contest, Stanford's next four drives, twenty-two plays, two hundred eighty yards, and four touchdowns all by Kobe Parkinson. Oregon State's next three drives, nine plays, nine yards, three punts. And by the time it was all said and done, Stanford had taken a 7-7 game and turned it into a 34-7 route. Things got a little interesting late first half, early second half, but really Oregon State never seriously threatened the rest of the way. As Stanford went on to a 48-17 win over the Beavers. They cruised to victory from there. Stanford with 406 yards in the first half. 406 yards by halftime. Keep in mind that entering Saturday night's game, Stanford's season high for yardage in a game this year had been 443 against Washington State. Stanford ended up with 596 on the evening just outside the top 10 all-time uh, performance for for Stanford uh, from a single yardage uh, pers- uh, uh, uh standpoint. So well, Stanford cruises out to victory and I saw you know some of the reaction was okay yeah that, that's great and all but but consider the opponent. Oregon state isn't that great. And no, they're not. But my response to that is consider the alternative. What if this game had unfolded the way that that I, I suspected it might coming into it? Then we'd be talking about a whole different set of things, <laughs> and we wouldn't be feeling anywhere near as good as, as, as Stanford fans uh, probably feel this Sunday morning. So, yeah, you know, the opponent probably not top-notch, but I'll take it. I'll still take the result. Certainly beats – The heck out of what we've seen for much of the season, right? Impressive night all the way around, especially offensively for Stanford. KJ Costello, 23 of 33, for 342 yards and four touchdowns. Man, it was so good to see Bryce Love with a burst again 11 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. You kind of, unfortunately, you had kind of forgotten what it looked like when Bryce Love had had that burst had that little that little quick twitch and that 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 super that super quick acceleration that sees him you know get from the backfield quite honestly and up to the second level in the blink of an eye that was an attempt at snapping my fingers i i kind of botched that one my bad i think you probably i think you probably heard it though but it was so good to see Bryce Love with the shimmy and shake and then dragging tacklers into the end zone for a 28 yard touchdown to start the scoring for Stanford just a minute 48 into the game. Man, that felt good. That certainly was so, 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 so fun and so great to see. Kobe Parkinson, six catches, 166 yards, and four touchdowns. De- defensively, Cardinal gave up some yards. Uh, Oregon State with 404 uh, all told, and even 1,000 yards in this game combined for both teams, by the way. Or or as the as as the Big Twelve would call that number, the under. But all in all, terrific result, terrific outcome for a team that needed a terrific result and a terrific outcome. And Colby Parkinson, the six foot seven target, the tight end for Stanford, with the record-tying night. Four touchdowns on four consecutive drives for Parkinson. That ties him in the single-game touchdown uh, or single-game receiving touchdown category with Kenny Marjoram and Ty Montgomery. It's not a bad list to be on. But Parkinson was terrific, playing a starring role in the Cardinals' win. And after the game, I caught up with parkinson all right colby take us through your night what was working out there for you
1: uh we were just getting the the matchups that we wanted out there they kept doing a lot of man coverage and uh it's something that KJ and i work on all week um all off season really so it's uh it's cool to see it come to fruition the, the guys up front did a great job protecting and yeah we kept getting the, the looks that we wanted
0: Take me through the, I believe it was the third touchdown you had, the super long one, the 75-yarder. Yeah, yeah. Take me through that play from the start, the play called right. the huddle, and the execution of it.
1: Right, so we, we went in with uh, four tight ends, and they matched that with bringing in their big personnel. And we have a explode play where we, we get out and uh, we'll, we'll throw the ball because they have all the big people in there. So I had an outside linebacker on me the, um, when I was running that, that fade ball. So uh, it was the look that we wanted and uh, just went out there and completed it, yeah.
0: How critical is it, of course, to put up so many points, get off to a great start, and to keep the pedal to the metal throughout the whole 60 minutes?
1: Right. I mean, this is, this game was for the seniors, so it was awesome that we were able to go out there and just play the whole game. Um, that's something that we haven't really done this season. So it's, it was great to see us put together a full game and uh, go out there and win for the seniors. What do you think of K.J.'s play in this game? Oh, I mean, K.J.'s awesome. He's going to put the ball where uh, it needs to be. He's going to give you a shot to go up and get it. And uh, like I said earlier, I mean, this is stuff that we've been working on for a year and a half now. It's not something that just happened tonight. It's not something that um, is spur of the moment. It's, this is what we do every day in practice.
0: Rice Love with an outstanding night tonight, right. his best of the season to this point. Uh, how special was it to see him do what he did out there tonight?
1: Right, I mean, it was, it was so awesome. Like, this season's been, been tough in the run game, but uh, to be able to go out there tonight and uh, really throw the ball amazing, run the ball amazing, it was, it was really cool to see. Pretty special.
0: Pretty special indeed. That's Colby Parkinson, who made six catches on six targets. Every time K.J. Costello threw Colby Parkinson the ball, Parkinson caught it. And more often than not, made big plays, and more often than not, scored six points. Outstanding night for him, and it's it was interesting to note, you know, Caden Smith a little bit quiet, certainly by his standards of late. Three catches for 34 yards. And uh, no scores for Caden Smith. He did have a couple of really tough catches over the middle, however, uh, in, 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 in terrific coverage. Uh, so Smith uh, certainly was some some highlight reel, some things to add to his highlight reel anyway to uh, on Saturday night. But but and Oregon State did, did well covering him. But interesting to note, and David Shaw talked about this in the post game press conference that Oregon State seemed to be heck bent. On stopping Caden Smith, especially in the red zone. They were kind of doubling up on him and cheating towards him uh, in, in his direction. Uh, certainly on two of those touchdowns, the, certainly the long one and 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 a shorter one as well. So Oregon State concerned about number 82, but that just meant opportunities for number 84 to make plays. And that's that that's the beauty of what the Stanford offense can look like. Who do you guard? You know, even without JJ Arcega-Whiteside, who apparently should be good to go, it seems uh, for Cal next week. Uh, apparently, his lower body injury started to look a lot better on Friday, so that's that's certainly good news. But but you even take you know JJ Arcega-Whiteside out of the mix, you still got to deal with Caden Smith, you still got to deal with Parkinson, you still got to deal with Trent Irwin, who will make big catches on you, and who who knows what else you know, Stanford will try to throw at you. So Kobe Parkinson, the the latest uh, recipient of of, of big big days in the passing game, in the passing attack, and Parkinson able to etch his name and put his name right up there among some of the Stanford receiving greats in the Cardinal record book. The man dealing him the rock, of course, was K.J. Costello, 342 yards passing for him for four scores, was not sacked, And, oh, by the way, he also added a 45-yard run on a bootleg. That completely fooled. It it, it certainly fooled me. It fooled Scott Reese, the Stanford radio play-by-play man, whom I sit next to during Cardinal football games. I'm not even sure Todd Huzak realized that uh, Costello had the ball until K.J. was about 20, 30 yards down the field. But, overall, a fantastic night for Costello. David Shaw said that K.J., quote, was awesome against Oregon State. And it certainly helped that the Cardinal got off to a terrific start, something that hasn't happened for the most part this year. Happened against USC, happened against Washington State. That had been it, entering Saturday night for Stanford this year. Well, they were able to get off to that fantastic start, big plays punctuated by Bryce Love's touchdown run to put Stanford on top 7-0 after the Cardinal uh, took the opening kickoff and went from there. They got the good start, and they didn't let up from there. What was the reason for that fast start by the Stanford offense? Well, besides execution, some people gave credit towards a pregame speech delivered by Costello right before the kick. That seemed to, to get the fellas' minds right before they took the field. Costello, of course, met with us in the media after the game. And the first thing he was asked was, hey, hey, KJ, what would you tell the guys before they took the field before the kickoff?
2: I mean, you know, that's, that's between us and the boys. But, I mean, it is, um, you know, it's senior night, um, let alone senior night. It's, it's It was time for us to come out and play the game of football that we've wanted to play all year. Um, you know, you guys have seen it. We've seen it. We've put – together flashes of greatness at times, but in terms of consistency, um, it's been wavering, um, you know, at times really good, at times not where we want it to be. And so the message was pretty simple. We changed things up in terms of we know we were getting pretty um, hyped a little bit too early. At least we felt um, some of the captains on the team. So we wanted to get everybody going just before kickoff. And um, I think we felt a little bit of the effects there tonight.
0: What were some things on the checklist? Offensively tonight, and how close do you think uh, you came to the, the expectations?
2: You know, expectations that the coaching staff put on me. You know, I think I fell short in certain areas, and expectations, you know, on myself fell short in certain areas, but there's a lot of things we did well. Um, at the end of the day, I'm always going to go, um, you know, during the game and after the game, I'm going to look back on areas that I can get better at. And, you know, there's multiple plays. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to play a perfect game for this offense. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of. I think especially down the red zone and, and late in, you know, the second quarter there, um, basically just being in control, knowing when it's time to, you know, check the ball down, move on, and, and hope for making a play the next drive. But other than that, I mean, you guys saw Colby Parkinson at a hell of a night, and <clears throat> it was a pretty surreal moment. Just, uh, you know, Coach Shaw came up to me about midway through the game, and he's like, it's pretty simple. That's just a product of what you and Colby have done for the past, you know, two years now, every day after practice, you know, um, around the clock so it, it's a feel thing it's a timing thing that you can't really teach you just have to do and um, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool uh, feeling to have with Colby tonight and I'm excited for a lot more opportunities. I
0: know you and Colby have like, you been working on it for two years and why did, why was it, why did it click tonight?
2: Yeah well I think it clicked tonight four times in a row I think it's clicked um, you know throughout you know last year and this year this year especially um, quite often I mean there's some you know very big plays there you know just me thinking right away, last week Washington down a couple of TDs, coming down, you know, hit the exact same back shoulder to him down, down the seam there. Um, he's made big plays in a lot of other games early on. San Diego State, like there's flashes throughout the season, but to have him back to back to back, everybody's attention kind of gravitates to it, towards it right away. Um, but, you know, that's something we've been doing, you know, fairly well. And we're looking to develop other areas of our game to be able to, you know, trust it at that level.
0: Can you describe his longest touchdown of the night and how that was a different look for you guys and what it was able to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's – I mean, that play is, you know, it's, it's how Stanford offense is supposed to run. I mean, you know, you fear the run, you fear the pass. What do you want to stop? You pick your poison, you bring in six, seven, you know, big bodies, D linemen. I mean, they had a linebacker guarding Colby, a linebacker guarding Caden because they wanted to stop the run. Um, you know, last time we hit that play was against Utah last year. Um, which was a big play, another team that gets real physical in the box. But when you're playing our style of football that we want to play, um, that's, you know, that's the only way to answer, you know, stopping the run. And, you know, we explode out and get mismatches, and you know, now we're playing ahead of the game.
0: That's what we preach all the time. Um, but it was a good, good feeling tonight. Bryce had a 28-yard touchdown. Uh, Cameron Scarlett had a 41-yard touchdown run. But you had the longest run of the night. Take us through that play.
2: Oh, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of simple goals that I've had on my goal sheet in terms of helping this offense turn the corner in certain aspects. Um, one of them was making defensive ends respect, you know, the read game. We um, got incredible backs. Um, if I can take one more guy off, you know, Bryce and allow him to get up on a safety that much faster, it's going to help this team. It's also was big for a couple third downs. DNs ends were playing me both ways early in the season. Um, so it was important to make sure that they respected both of them. Um, but, I mean, the run was just me doing my job. Deanne bit, you know, I guess none of them respected me that I could run the ball, and that was kind of the product of that. Um, but it was a good feeling. With
0: with Bryce Love's career at Stanford, you know, obviously asking people to replicate what he can do physically, that you can't do that. But what would you want future Cardinal to take away from Bryce?
2: That's a great question. Um, simply his work ethic. I mean, it's very cliche. I mean, Hogan had an unbelievable um, pregame speech today, and um, he talked about, he named a list of guys going from DeCastro, you know, to Luck, to Ertz, down the line, um, Huey, back in the day. I mean, all these guys that set the tradition here, and Bryce just kind of raised the bar a little bit. I mean, you know, you can't say he raised the bar to Christian McCaffrey, but he, you know, he's right there. I mean. The guys underneath him, believe it or not, I mean that his responsibility is to create the culture underneath, and he did that if not exceeded it. Um, especially just with the simple message of him coming back when he's a first round, you know, NFL guy. Andrew did the same thing. Um, so I mean, to answer your question, I mean, basically what he did was he established a culture here, continued culture um, that I'm going to follow, and that everybody that comes after me is going to have to follow.
0: And now the Bears, as we speak, they're playing USC right now, your initial read on, on Cal and some things they might try to you next week.
2: Yeah, Cal's very good. They got a very good defense. I know quite a bit of those guys over there. Um really good front seven, really good back end, really experienced back end, good corners, good safeties. Um played against a lot of them growing up. Um they're gonna be a tough test for us and you know on the road, just just up the road. Um it's gonna be a tough test for us coming off a uh you know semi-quality game here we're gonna have to go get back and, and do the little things right you know against an opponent that's that's very well coached
0: and of course the bears did end up beating usc more on that in a second that's kj costello calling saturday night's effort a a semi-quality game well i, I thought it was i thought it was better than that then again i i understand you know when you're when you're your own worst critic i mean sometimes i say things on this show and i go god What did I mean by that? That was a you know. Then people come up to me and say, "Hey, I really enjoyed your tree cast." Oh, okay, great, thanks. I (laughs) I appreciate it. So, so I I I get where KJ is coming from. He's a perfectionist, and and that's part of what makes him, um, you know, such a such a charismatic, uh, quarterback to watch uh, for Stanford. But you know, I I found it interesting his answer when he was asked to go through the seventy five yard touchdown pass to Kobe Parkinson that made it twenty seven to seven. Uh, early in the second quarter. And I I found it interesting that he began his answer by saying that that touchdown is how the Stanford offense should run when you have personnel matchups and when you have, you know, so many weapons and so many guys you can choose out there to to, to throw to. And I, I agree with him on that standpoint, but I also want to add to it this. It's how you use that personnel. It's the things that you do in the scheme to put the personnel in the positions that they can to succeed. And that play actually started well before the snap, I thought. The success of that play started well before the snap. It started right after the huddle when the Cardinal lined up in a typical in a typical set. K.J. Costello went under center for a moment, and then, and then everybody shifted. Costello went back to the shotgun the 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 receivers who were tight to the line exploded and went out wide. Kobe Parkinson up to the far left, and then that exploited the matchup. Him on a linebacker. I mean, come on, that's just that's just unfair. But that play started with motion, something that that we rarely, if ever, see from the Stanford offense, certainly this year. And it paid off in a big way. Six points. And you heard KJ say that they haven't used that play in over a year the game at Utah last season. So it's it's in the playbook. We know it's in there. We we know Stanford has has motions and shifts that they use for whatever reason we just don't see the whole lot. But it was nice to nice to see that crop up yesterday and it was all even nicer to see it result in 6 points. Fantastic. I mean, KJ will call it semi-quality He's probably thinking about the pick that he threw right before the half. Eh, That could have gone better. KJ will call it semi-quality. I'll call it a terrific afternoon and evening uh, for Stanford offensively. Defense fared pretty well, too, for the most part. Frank Buncombe, an interception early in the game to help thwart uh, an an Oregon State drive, and it was (laughs) kind kind of a weird sequence. Bobby Okereke thought he had an interception on one play, called incomplete later on, and then the very next pass that Jake Luton threw was just, I don't know if it was miscommunication or the ball slipped out of his his hands or what, but the only guy there, the only guy there was Frank Buncombe, about 30 yards downfield, made the easiest catch of his life for the interception. The first, check out the second interception, by the way, that Jake Luton has thrown, that Jake Luton had thrown by that point, in 207 pass attempts. What did we talk about on Friday's tree cast? Stanford needed to get turnovers. Not only did they get a turnover, they got an early one to help Cardinal, to help the Cardinal maintain its pace on both sides of the ball. We talked about that. They need to get off to good starts offensively and defensively. Even though they gave up the 63 yard touchdown catch still for the most part, mission accomplished from that standpoint. Jordan Fox and Gabe Reed, I thought they've played very well. I mean, yes, it's nice to have, have Casey Tuhill and Joey Alfieri on the field and in uniform as opposed to being in street clothes. But Fox and Reed have, they've they've each had moments throughout the season. Was glad to see Fox return to the game after he uh suffered an injury. Probably got the wind knocked out of him from the looks of it uh in the second half. But I was I was very pleased to see him see him back in the game because Stanford quite honestly cannot afford any more injuries really to anyone anymore at any position or any level uh, on on this team. But Fox and Gabe Reed did very well. Some mistakes as mentioned, the touchdown pass uh, early on by Oregon state. uh, That's not going to be one for the record books. Jamar Jefferson, the Oregon state running back gained 109 yards on 19 carries. But look that that's more credit to Jefferson than it is, I think any failings uh, by the Stanford defense. Jefferson's going to be a real interesting running back to watch. That youngster's a freshman, and I think he's got he's got a lot more in store for the Beavers uh, in his career. But o- overall, a nice night for the Stanford defense as they rose up when they needed to the absolute most. Bobby Okariki. On the stat sheet, a quiet night. Two tackles. But still a night that I don't think he's ever going to forget because it was his senior night. Made the final walk. Played his final game at Stanford Stadium. After the game, I caught up with Bobby Okariki. Your last walk, your last game here in the stadium. How did it go for you from the start? Uh it went well.
3: Um, I mean, we shut him down on defense a decent amount, so it wasn't – Two exciting game for me, but it was a great time with my boys. Running out there was crazy, nostalgia. just looking at the fans and the stands. Uh, it was a great, great experience.
0: When it was 7-7, after that, Oregon State went three and out three straight times. What was going right during that sequence?
3: Uh, yeah, just good execution on first down, uh, and then we had a great pass rush all night. Um, brought some of those young guys in, like Andreas Fox and Thomas Booker, really got off to the pass rusher, and, yeah, I was just doing well up front. Did
0: you think you would grab that interception, or...?
3: I thought I had it, I thought I, thought I got my fingers under it, um, but a bang-bang play was close, didn't give it to me, tough. Um, you guys cut him out in the second half, uh,
2: what were Lance's
0: adjustments like?
3: And... Yeah, um, just came in, halftime, talked to us, we got to eliminate the big plays, and got to just keep doing what we're doing, stopping him on the run, first down, take care of the run first, and then when we had time to get off the pass rusher, just make sure we finish.
0: A quick hitter with the always succinct Bobby Okariki. He lets he lets his play do the talking. But I I, I like, you know, he, he doesn't mince words. You know, he'll, he'll let you know what he's thinking. he and you won't take a he won't take a long time to get there. But always uh always fun to talk with uh, Bobby Okariki. One of a very large senior class. Seemed like unfortunately half of them were in street clothes due to injuries, but but Bobby Okereke uh, making his final appearance at Stanford Stadium before the Cardinal hit the road their final two games of the regular season at Cal and at UCLA, and 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 this kind of leads to probably the one thing that I'm going to remember most from Saturday night. It was after the post game availability was done, and you know me and a couple other folks from the media were were walking back. Up towards the press box, we headed out, headed down the tunnel that leads down to the field. And as we were heading down the tunnel, a couple of players were coming off the field and heading up the tunnel. Jesse Burkett, Alameen Murphy, and Bryce Love. Those guys were coming up the tunnel. They had just... Spend a little extra moment. There was, no, there was no one else on the field. No one else on the field at that time. But those guys had spent a little extra moment or two taking in the quiet. I'm sure having, having some memories flow through them about all the things that they have done, all the hard work that they have put in, all the things that, that we don't see. We those of us who are outside the program and just have 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 no idea of, of what it really takes to play and compete at the Division I level and also at Stanford University as well, where I actually do have to go to class. But watching those guys come off the field, walking together, back up the tunnel for one final time, and just watching as they, you know, I, I turn my head back to, to watch them slowly disappear back up the tunnel. That's probably the image I'm going to have most in my mind from Saturday night's game against Oregon State. You know, the game was kind of played in a, in an eerie tableau. Anyway, you know, the smoke obviously from the from the devastating wildfires from our friends up in the uh, up, uh, up, up in the up up in the Paradise and Chico and Butte Butte County areas. And, and and we're thinking of them here on the tree cast, but the smoke that's hung around the Bay Area for the last couple of days obviously hung around the stadium as well. Did some interesting things to the lighting at Stanford Stadium. So almost like almost like a haze, you know. Those guys just appeared, and then they disappeared as they went up the tunnel behind us. So that 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 to me was the the best moment of the night. Bryce Love, Jesse Burkett, Alameen Murphy sharing one final moment on the field before walking up that tunnel and out of the stadium one last time as Stanford Cardinal players. They'll always be part of the family, obviously. But walking off the field, final time as players. That was... That was kind of cool to experience, even even peripherally. And it's, you know, I always kind of get a little bittersweet feeling whenever I walk out of Stanford Stadium myself for the final time uh, of the season. I always have a good time at Stanford Stadium. That place means place means a lot to me. Seen a lot of great football there. And can't wait to see even more great football starting next season. Good football played at Stanford Stadium on Saturday night. And really, overall. Look, a, a banged up Stanford squad and you know there, there 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 were enough reasons to think that Stanford might actually struggle against Oregon State despite the large spread put by the wise guys in Vegas. Cardinal banged up Cardinal coming off of a tough loss, actually a couple if you want to lump the Washington State result in there too. And the Cardinal a, 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 unable to to put together 60 minutes of consistent football. So there are certainly enough reasons, reasons which we discussed on Friday's tree cast last week, and reasons why I was having trouble, you know, thinking of thinking of why, why 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 the spread was so big. It's a good thing I don't gamble. I got enough stress in my life. But a banged up Stanford able to answer the bell. Didn't appear to be any new injuries that cropped up during the course of the game. Jordan Fox came back. That was good to see after he left uh, after he left the field. Caden Smith did spend some time in the injury tent uh, in the second quarter, but he came back out there and he was good to go. On the offensive line, no Brian Dahlman. Devry Hamilton unable to go. Nate Herbig still on the shelf as well. So we saw a lot of Dylan Powell and Nick Wilson and a little bit of Henry Haddis as well at, uh, at tackle. Interesting to note on Dorian Maddox's one-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to completely ice the game and make it 48-17. Finished out a 15-play, 80-yard, 8-minute, 44-second drive, by the way. But Stanford, on that touchdown run, facing fourth and goal from the one, they went shotgun. They went to a conventional set. No ogre for the Stanford Cardinal in that situation. Normally, that would be a foregone conclusion. But because of the injuries that Stanford has up front no Dahlman, no Hamilton, no Herbig, Stanford probably didn't have enough linemen to go to the ogre that is so beloved by the Cardinal coaching staff. And even though I hate going shotgun, in short yardage and goal line situations, I hate it with the with the with the passion and the fire of a thousand suns. It still worked, and this year I, I kind of prefer it over the ogre. <laughs> so I, I found that interesting. Stanford didn't have enough linemen to run the ogre, and you know what? That's I'm fine with that. I'm I'm okay with that this year anyway. But overall, Stanford got the early lead. They didn't let up. They got the win. Hey, they're bowl eligible now. Remember when that used to be a big thing? They got a lot of guys, some legit playing time. You looked up in the fourth quarter and you saw guys like guys like Thunder Keck running around out there. You saw guys like Lewis Burick. You saw Anthony Trend defensively uh, for Stanford, Justice Woods getting carries Jack Richardson and Jack West backup quarterbacks for Stanford getting it done in the fourth quarter as well so a lot of uh, to, uh Tomas Schaffer who also played against Washington the week before but a lot of guys saw playing time for Stanford against Oregon State legit playing time and also I think because of all those things because Stanford was able to Start off fast, both sides of the ball. Build a big lead and hold on to it. Stanford's mental health, I'd imagine right now, is a heck of a lot better than it was this time last week. That was, that was a good mental health win. As I mentioned earlier, you know, especially you know, seeing things like Bryce Love, look how he looked for much of last season. That was good for my mental health and good for the soul. So, all in all, Stanford checked off a lot of boxes against Oregon State on Saturday night. Cardinal now 6-4 and four on the year. The Cal Golden Bears are now 6-4 and four on the year. Cal down 14-0 at the half at USC. Came back and won. 15-14, the final score. The Bears are 6-4. By the way, that's the first time that that Cal has beaten USC since flip phones were cool. 2003, in case you were were wondering. And there are a lot of happy people, a lot of happy Bears fans, uh, on my my Twitter feed uh, late last night and early this morning. I can certainly tell you that. So now all of a sudden, big game looms Quite large. Larger than we thought. Larger than we thought it might at the start of the year. And we will talk about that in more and greater detail when we talk to you next time, later on this week on the Tree Cast. It'll come your way if I had to guess Friday, perhaps late Friday morning, the next tree cast. Could also come your way Thursday afternoon, but but that's probably it's probably gonna. More likely come your way on Friday afternoon. Your complete one of your complete preview of the 121st big game from the TreeCast perspective. Hey, don't forget to give me a follow on Twitter at Troy Clarity. At Troy Clarity, last miss C-L-A-R-D-Y. And also don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. As well, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Time's running out. We only got two games left in the regular season for you to do that. So the next time that the uh, tree cast is ready to roll, you will receive it exactly as soon as it is posted. So I highly suggest that you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, rate it, and review it, and tell people about it too. I certainly appreciate that. A big thank you again to our guests on this show. Stanford tight end Colby Parkinson, Stanford senior linebacker Bobby Okariki, and Stanford quarterback KJ Costello. Biggest thanks, as always, goes out to you for joining us on the show. Do not drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Take care. We'll talk to you later on this week. And see if Stanford can hang on to the axe for one more year. This has been the Tree Cast with Troy Clarity.